Hi guys, I'm broken. Welcome back to Team Cockroach, a podcast about the NBC comedy, The Good Place, created by Michael Schur. First, I'm going to introduce everybody. So we'll start with Rachel Adelman. Rachel, hello. Hi, everyone. Next up, Sarah Gardner. Hi, Sarah. Hi. And then Javier Matusevich. Hello, friends. And I am Andrew Pontius. And so we're all the co-hosts for Team Cockroach. Now, as I've said before, this is a spoiler zone. We're not going to be shy to spoil this episode or any other that has already been aired. Now, today we're going to be going over episode six of season two, Janet and Michael, which I think we're going to see is uh, truth in advertising. So, uh, Javier, why don't you give us the, the recap? Okay, so in this episode, unlike the previous episode, we do get to two different plots, but they're really more interconnected. So we get the present Michael and Janet trying to figure out the glitches, and we get the past Michael and Janet building up the neighborhood and getting their relationship going. So we start the episode in the past storyline. We see Michael stealing Janet from the Good Place Janet's repository. He sells the idea to Sean. We go back to the present storyline. Michael tries to figure out what's wrong with her. They try various things in the troubleshooting section of the manual. Vicky walks in. She incorporates him about the glitching and the behavior in the party two episodes ago. He reassures her while distracting her about the torturing of Chidi. And they rush back to diagnostics. They try taking her temperature, which is abnormal, but normal for her. They check that she's still bloodless and they make her generate random objects. And they land on a section where there could be problems caused by the false dissemination of objective truths. This is where we get a flashback and Michael activates Shannon for the first time. He introduces himself as a good place architect and basically enlists her as an assistant to his building of the good place neighborhood that he's supposedly building. We go back to the present where Michael is remembered these lies. And he explains to Janet that he believes the glitching is related to the lies that he told her. And she points out that the glitching would be would, would have started uh, from the beginning rather than right now. Here, Tahani and Jason walk in, in love, and wondering why Janet did appear to bring them jalapeno poppers. Michael finds out they're sleeping together. And Janet talks about helping them find a perfect gift for Tahani. Here's where the room glitches and they go into a void. The glitch subsides. They go back to the room where Michael dismisses them. After they're gone, they discuss the relationship uh, between Jason and Tahani. And here's where Janet vomits coins. And Michael realizes the glitching is caused by her lying about being happy to help them. This, of course, makes perfect sense to Michael because he knows that Jason and, and Janet had a relationship in the beginning. He explains this to Janet as a mutation that got amplified with each reboot. And Janet comes to the conclusion that she must be self-destructed to protect the neighborhood. Michael, however, is hesitant to do so. And we're interrupted by an annoyed Chidi covered in needles who wants to know why wasn't he informed of the needle torture. He's dismissed, and we go back to Michael being unable to kill Janet. After trying to deny it with several justifications, and a flashback where Michael and Janet decide to have the good place be a frozen yogurt haven, 
he accepts that she is really his best friend. So they bond, but Janet is insistent on getting killed, and Michael suggests that it's a human problem, and they should ask a problematic human for help. Janet and Eleanor discuss the issues, and Janet returns to Michael with the idea that she needs to get a rebound boyfriend, and a boyfriend that she has just crafted for herself. Okay, so who was the one last week who said that it was probably the fact that Janet was in love with Jason that was causing the glitches? That was me. That was you. So you were right, right? That's pretty much the entirety of this episode. So what did you think when you when you heard that, when you saw that? I was kind of glad that I figured it out, but it, I thought it made sense for the character in a lot of ways. And it was uh, neat to see them play that out and see Michael realize what was going on, because of course... Janet had no idea what was going on because she doesn't actually remember being married to Jason. So Right, right. Rachel, I was so proud of you. <laughs> I actually, I kind of like pointed to my TV. I was, <laughs> I was just glad that you figured it out. Although, is it fun, like being able to, you know, pick it out before it happens or would you rather be surprised? It's fun being able to pick it out before it happens when I'm not picking it out because I was spoiled before it happens. Like, it's fun to be able to figure it out myself, but so many times I think I get spoiled on something and then figure out that this is how it gets there. So I thought this was fun. (laughs) Right, and also it was nice that this was something that wasn't bad. Like, sometimes you kind of think of something and it's like, oh, this could happen, but it would be, you know, I'd really hate it, or this would really make the characters really bummed out. And this was kind of something that seemed to work out pretty well for them, right? I think the the thing about this episode that is noticeable right away is just the the paring down of it basically just being Janet and Michael. Like, you see the other characters, but they're all mostly off screen, and you get minor interactions with them, but it's... It's really the two of them, and seeing the main group kind of from the outside made for a totally different feel from what we're used to week to week. Yeah, in a lot of ways, this episode reminded me of the final episode of last season, or maybe the second to last episode, but where we saw Michael planning out the good place with all of his teammates in their office and stuff. It sort of reminded me of that feel as opposed to the normal episodes. Right. I think, yeah, the, the way I have it down in my notes is that all of the normal, all of the humans were pretty much walk-ons. Like, we pretty much got one walk-on from each one. And I even had in my notes, well, you know, Eleanor, hey, Eleanor hasn't been in this episode yet. Well, she'll probably get a walk-on, and then she's the very last one that we see. And so, yeah, it did definitely feel like the, the episode title, right? It was almost entirely about Janet and Michael and their interactions together. So, so yeah, it was definitely really... Interesting. Although it also felt a little different because it was Michael becoming more vulnerable than I think we've ever seen him before. Yeah, I thought the appearance of Eleanor was justified, but the appearance of Chidi, it was really a walk-on. All that storyline could have been pared down and used to expand the explanation. Yeah. All right. So why don't we go through um, go through the plot here and just one kind of call out. Again, we've had that one episode where Michael was sort of doing mostly his thing. And so that's um, Ted Danson, right? A veteran, veteran character actor. But we haven't necessarily seen this much in one episode of the actress who plays Janet. And I did look her up, uh, Darcy Carden, I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. And, you know, she's just lovely in every episode. And it was really kind of fun to see her do a little more, have, have some, more, uh, some more of the spotlight this time around. 
the very beginning, right, we get that. So it goes back and forth. It's Javier said it goes back and forth between sort of the first day that Michael met Janet and the current day. And so he starts with uh, Michael stealing Janet. Now, the one thing that I thought of when I saw that scene was that there was that one bit when he's kind of taking her out the door. And I think the door actually says Janet Warehouse on it, right? So that's kind of funny. And there's another Janet who kind of slides into view behind them as they're leaving the quote-unquote warehouse. And what did people think that that meant? Did that mean that they were spotted, that he wasn't actually really getting away with it? I mean, that was kind of my take on it. I thought of it kind of like a vending machine where, you know, you you take the treat that's out in front and then the next one slides up. I didn't really think much of it. Although I did like that she was entirely white, like when you first get an iPhone out of a box and then, you know, she gets her case later. <laughs> uh-huh. She just, she was just factory ready. Um, and then, yeah, there's some funny little bits, a uh, pocket dimension next to accounting. Oh, and then they also say the doors are unlocked, no security. And Michael's uh, idea is that, well, that means they're good and they're stupid and trusting. And again, I'm not quite sure if I believe that. I'm not quite sure that she wasn't left out to help get everybody along, but, but we'll see. So, and then I think the next bit in the, in the first day bit was when Michael was introducing Janet and Sean said, well, I'm not so sure. Couldn't we just use a bad Janet? And then bad Janet overheats from trying to say good things. thought that that was really good with the actress. She plays bad Janet and regular Janet and dumb Janet so well in this episode. And bad Janet is such a delight and so different than how we usually see her. We get, yeah, and there are a lot of callbacks in this episode, and we'll get to more of them a little later. But yeah, Bad Janet was certainly, because we got, we got like a whole episode of Bad Janet, right, uh, last season? I think Bad Janet came in from the bad place when they were debating whether or not to real Eleanor and fake Eleanor had to switch places. She came with, uh, oh, what's his name? Adam Scott's character. Uh, she came with him on the train and stuff. Sure. Um, okay, so the... So then they switch back to the current day, as, as we've discussed. Um, so Janet has the her user manual up her nose. And then so Michael says, it's going to, let's, let's get started. And one of the things interesting is that the after the title card, they have kind of a, a shot of the outside of Michael's office, sort of pointed at the sun, and then it comes back in. I'm not sure we've ever seen that before. So then the other thing with Michael is he says, uh, he's reading a manual, and he says, Janet's are brought to you by the makers of light, darkness, and everything, which that was kind of a funny joke. Um, and then Vicky comes in, and you know we talk about all the other characters don't really get much beyond a walk on. I think that's the same with Vicky. She like she's in for like a couple minutes and then back. Janet lies to Vicky, which I thought was kind of interesting. We haven't necessarily seen her lie that much directly before. So she says that the reason for the earthquake was because she was eating frozen yogurt. Yeah, she didn't even need to be prompted to lie. She just did, which is interesting for Janet. Um, she really was only her only motivation was to keep Michael safe, I guess, at that point. And I will say that I was a little disappointed that we didn't get more Vicky, or at least she wasn't more upset, or she was just so willing to go off to torture Chidi. Like, I would have thought she would have been more demanding of what was going on. But I suppose that'll escalate over time. I really like that scene, though, because we see in the hallway, we see Vicky and Michael discuss torturing Chidi, and they're in front of the everything is fine sign that appears on the beginning of the first episode of the first season. So it's like it's turning completely the premise of the first season backwards. 
everything is fine, and we're torturing him with needles. <laughs> yeah, did Vicky think Chidi would think he was still in the good place after being tortured with needles was my question with that one. Like, I feel like that's a hard torture to get past. <laughs> yeah, Vicky doesn't really get the premise of the bad place that Michael's trying to build. So next, we go on to Michael trying to diagnose what's wrong with Janet. And there were a couple of sort of doctor jokes in there. Did, what did people like about, about the, the, the diagnostic scene? I thought it was funny, a little different. Of I liked that, what was it, Janet's temperature was like 99.7 trillion or something. And it was a little high, but that was okay. I like that uh, still no blood. Right. That's good. Yeah, that made me laugh. And then the summoning and retrieval thing where she has to, there's a random object generator. Right. Yeah, the the ostrich take impaled by the huge lordy lordy I'm over forty pencil. <laughs> yep. Uh and then so they, they come to the point where uh Michael thinks that it's him lying to her that's the problem. And that brings it back to the first day again. And yeah, so Janet gets her cover, right? When the booper knows to turn her on. And then Michael just tells her that he's a good place architect and they're going to build a non-conventional neighborhood. And she calls him Silly Billy. Right. And he asks her not to. Right. So that's, that's mostly about him introducing the fact that he's been lying to her from the very beginning. Yeah. And when they come back to the present day, Michael confesses that he's been lying. And it's, it sounds sincere, right? Did, did anybody kind of think, well, that's, we talked before about how maybe he doesn't, he, he sounds like a human being uh, when he's in front of the other humans, but here they're not in front of any people. So it seems any emotions that he expresses are probably just his, right? Yeah, I noticed yeah. that too. And, and his friendship with Janet really does seem sincere throughout the episode. He, he leans on her, he needs her. Yeah, it gives you a different take on their relationship because it's not something we, we actually saw before. It's I think it's new. This It's not new, but it's it's a take that we hadn't seen. And the way that Vicky responds to Janet, she calls Janet an it. And when she finds yeah, it's out a thing Janet for her. is... Yeah. When she finds out Janet's broken, she goes, ew. And then she tries to pull on her ears, just like it's just a broken electronic. Whereas... Yeah, like... Yeah, like- like yeah. it's a dead mouse in the house. Yeah. <laughs> so it, not everyone has to be as, you know, kind to Janet as our heroes have been. They think of her as a thing. Right, right. Yeah, not even, not even Janet thinks of herself as something that's not a thing. She's constantly reminding them that she's just a robot or a, a not human. Not a person. Not a person, right. Yeah, so next we get our, our Tahani and Jason um, walk-ons. And it's kind of nice because Tahani does seem like she's growing a little bit. You know, she's willing to admit that she's with Jason uh, and that they're together. And then let's see, what was the, the joke that I saw that uh, Michael, you know, Michael says, like, you two are sleeping together. And Jason says, it's only when we're done having sex. Right? Which is kind of funny. Yeah. Uh, and then the room flies apart when Janet says she's happy to help Jason and Tahani with, you know, their, with their problem. And then, yeah. yeah. And then Jason says, and then Jason's joke is, we got robbed. You know, they stole it out from under us. These guys are good. Which that was kind of interesting because Jason seems to have known more about the life of crime from his actual real life. So I don't know, maybe it's a little bit of a callback. thought it was nice that Tahani was actually willing to say that she was with Jason. Yeah. 
When they return, I found it funny that, that Janet says that she has problems sustaining object permanence. Like she's a baby, but the world is her head. Mostly the next part is just, again, that sort of Michael coming to that realization that he is, he's, he's Janet's friend and, and her line. Actually, no, does that come a little later? So, yeah, so this is mostly about finding out that it's Janet's lying that's causing it. And one thing I noticed about it is that when Michael says, like, you know, hey, you're still in love with Jason, it's actually like he's kind of thrilled about it in the sense that he's kind of, uh, he's kind of happy for her. Ooh, interesting, yeah. Yeah. Was he kind of ha happy for her or was he just kind of an interesting problem? I'm not sure he's actually, like, particularly happy. I mean, this is causing him a lot of trouble. It's going to cause him to lose his friend. But I do think he thinks it's interesting. Right. Well, and I did like the bit with where Janet was finally, like Janet was kind of in denial about it, right? Because she didn't really know that she was lying. She wasn't really consciously aware of it. And she says, what is it? The bit we're saying, I am, uh, I am not, I am not something like that. Yeah. She was like, uh, I'm willing. It was something like, I'm willing to help. I'm willing to help. I am not willing to help. Like it was, she was talking about how she was made to help or something. And then it turned into, I don't want to help them. Right. So it comes down to Janet saying, you know, you have to kill me. And, you know, another little joke is, you kill me. And then, oh, no, I have to say it in a serious voice. You have to kill me, Michael. So they go back and forth about that. And then there's some jokes about how um, she will turn into a marble that can be eaten as a midday snack. She's high in potation. They've done a lot of these kinds of jokes with Janet where she's very cheerful about something which is like not a cheerful thought. I found it funny that she's kind of like an old VCR that you have to reset it, like putting on a paper clip and right. holding a button. Right. But um, so I'm just going to kind of skip ahead there. The, the, the next bit was just, um, yeah, like Michael saying, oh, you know, he, that he, he tries to say he doesn't want to kill her for logical reasons. But then he really kind of eventually comes around to saying, well, no, I'm not going to kill you because you're my friend. And he just says, well, we're not going to we're not going to deal with that. Did you buy it? I guess I guess about kind of Michael. What did you think about sort of Michael kind of coming to this realization about himself? I think it pained him to say it originally that when he finally comes out and says, the reason is friends, like he means it. And he starts crying, right? Yeah, I think he's earnest. Well, do you think this has to do with what he was kind of learning about being more moral last time around or kind of more unconnected? I think it helps him to realize that he doesn't really have friends. I mean, he comes from an environment when, where bad is good. So all this moral twisting allows him to see that he's not really loved or cared for, except for Janet and maybe their human friends. Yeah, I think when I was, looking, when I was uh, watching some of the episode the second time around, I think they do kind of take some care in that sort of flashback episode of Michael saying, well, I'm alone and I don't know how to do this. And he's actually getting help from Janet in terms of, she doesn't realize she's helping him, you know, torture the humans, but they, I think they really do make it clear that, that she was a real solace to him. She was a real solace to him from the very beginning. And that that's, so that, that kind of leading up to him being friends with her, like he might not have realized it if he hadn't become a more moral person, but that was, that was that way even before, you know, even from the very beginning that he was actually on his way to being friends with her, which I thought was kind of a nice, a nice touch. Yeah, that's true. But on the other hand, he had no moral qualms to reset Janet every time the experiment went bad. So mm -hmm. I, I think his consideration of her as a his consideration of her as a, a friend requires that moral 
learning. Yeah, that's a good point. All right, so I think the, the last kind of, well, there's the two more scenes. One is the scene with Eleanor, where Michael sends Janet to Eleanor for help in dealing with a breakup, I guess. And that was pretty funny. Eleanor had a lot of advice. I'm not sure how much it was useful, right? But I think she, she had some advice for her. She had a very human advice. Yeah, I feel like it was the same advice that Eleanor would have given a friend when she was on Earth. It was very Eleanor advice. Yeah, and so let's see. So then the kind of what I thought was funny was Eleanor gave her some very, again, very human advice, right? And then Janet was like, well, that was very nice advice. But when she comes back, like the real thing that she's going to do to not glitch anymore is just be more careful not to lie, right? Which is kind of not anything that Eleanor said. But I don't know, maybe they're a little related. I think it was nice when Eleanor managed to say to Janet that it was just a blip, that Janet was awesome. And she really did seem to mean that, that she, you know, like she was talking to a friend. Seems like they all kind of treat her that way. Right. Yeah. No, I, I wonder if kind of that kind of talking Janet up gave her maybe the confidence to do more or confidence to take the steps she needed to to help herself. Something like that. Yeah. Um, but anyway, the last scene was the, the new boyfriend scene. So I'm, I'm curious what people thought of, uh, of Janet making her own boyfriend. Oh, my gosh. Well, I as soon as I saw the back of his head, I knew that Derek was Jason Mantzoukas, which is great. I was so happy it was him. Uh, if you're not familiar with him from other things, he's recently been in Brooklyn Nine-Nine and uh, has been part of the Gilmore Girls revival, but he's also part of, what, from what I understand, the league. I, I didn't watch the league, but um, he's he's going to be funny. He's going to be a funny addition to the show, it, provided he stays around for longer than an episode, but uh, that was great. He uh, he says hello to the leaves, and he shakes their little leaf hands, which is so cute. Freaks out at the mirror. Uh, <laughs> freaks out that Janet is in a book. <laughs> it's a. It's He's obvious like a that. Yeah, it's obvious that Janet does not know enough about humans to make one yet. She can make everything else. She can create a whole world, but she can't create a person from from what it looks like anyway. He might be a little off. The, though he did remind me a little bit of Jason from the beginning. You know, J Jason's kind of that dumb human. So you've got Derek being similar to Jason's way of looking at life, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's another non-human for, for her to look after. I wonder if this place is going to be populated with more non-humans than humans soon enough. I guess it kind of already is because most of the people people are, are not people right they're like yeah. actors yeah. <laughs> they have this whole world for four people <laughs> yeah i also liked that uh janet summed up eleanor's advice to say that she should get it girl but she didn't know what get it girl was so she was just going to get everything to be safe right which she could do because she's janet because she's janet yeah i was wondering how long that was going to take right but it doesn't seem to have taken her all that long And she, yeah, like one of the, one of the other jokes, and there's just so many jokes in this episode where Janet is saying, oh, we're just two, what is it? Two peas in a pod. We're just two friends making our way in a world that I created. And one of those friends has to kill the other friend. And the other friend, right. Yeah. And I liked when Janet went off and she's like, I'm going to go spend some time alone in my void. 
And like five seconds later, she pops back up with Derek. Like, that was enough alone time. Here's my new human. (laughs) Yeah, we do get a lot of mentions of the boy in this episode that we hadn't heard before. Now we know where where she goes when, when she's not summoned. I always had the impression that Janet just was jumping from place to place. So that's interesting. Well, did they show a bit? I, I seem to remember that there might have been a, a, a flashback or something to her talking about the void that she comes from, the void that she goes to. I think they've mentioned it before, even if they haven't made a, a huge deal of it. I feel like it was mentioned, but I don't remember exactly when, but I remember her saying something about her void before. Was anyone else a little disappointed in this episode? I I really do like Janet and Michael as characters, I just felt like this one was more of kind of a joke machine episode and not so consequential, except for maybe the end. Kind of filler, yeah. See, I I feel like that maybe not entirely consequential, but I feel like there was a lot of almost, I don't want to say plot development, but there was. There was a lot of uh, ways to see Janet changing and Michael changing and the world changing. I feel like it was a big event. So uh, even though it was a lot of jokes, there was a l- wasn't a lot that happened, but I feel like it made a lot of progress. It was set up as really high stakes. And so the resolution is kind of underwhelming because it's just, okay, I'm just not going to lie to them. It's not really a huge deal. I guess it'll have more repercussions in future episodes. I it mean, may, yeah. lo- looking back, you, you kind of have to have it this way, but I'm glad that the actress who plays Janet got so much more screen time because she's just so funny. Yeah, she's really great. Um, yeah, no, I think I get what you're what you're kind of saying, and that the idea that there was, well, the whole world's going to come apart. Oh, she's just going to decide to talk a little differently, which makes it seem like the whole thing was a little contrived. And and I also think the there was there seemed to be a lot of time for Michael to do a lot of sort of backstory, a lot of exposition, talking this week that they haven't necessarily had a lot of time for in previous episodes. So yeah, it, it felt like maybe they were kind of trying to fill up the time a little bit and, and just sort of to do that, they were kind of filling people in who might be coming in later and hadn't seen all the old episodes. Whereas in some other episodes, it's kind of very, very quick to go through everything. So I would agree that maybe a little slow this time around. Um, and, and we don't know, we still don't know quite where they're going with this, right? That we, you know, we talked before about sort of what arc they might be, heading towards with this episode. And I think we don't really know much more about where that arc is going to be that we, than we did uh, previously, in, in, you know, at the end of the last episode, for example, than we do this time around. I'm interested to see where they go next week with this like, last episode before the big break, because I feel like they need something big to happen in some kind of... I don't know, I don't know what's going to happen, but it feels like it needs to be something big. I think the title of next week's episode is Derek, so... That's what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it could be. Although I do remember... So I did... We talked about it in the last episode, sort of what had happened at, the, at the, the end of the last break for season one. And so I looked back through the uh, Wikipedia article about that episode, and it didn't seem like that much had happened. It didn't seem like it necessarily ended on a cliffhanger. So I'm not necessarily going to hold my breath that it will end on a cliffhanger this time around. It might just be the end of a regular episode. But I do think it would be kind of fun to see, to have sort of a Derek episode and have that kind of shake things up a bit in ways that they haven't been shaken up before. Because, yeah, we don't, we don't have new characters come in every week, right? Because this isn't the real world. New people can't just walk in off the street. So, so yeah, it might be interesting to get some new blood, especially if this is a, 
an actor that we kind of already know is is a good one. So that'll be fun. I hope they have to explain Derek to Vicky because I think that'll be interesting. Well, so then that's it for episode six uh, and we'll see you next time.